section fourteen of at the point of the bayonet a tale of the Maratha war by g a henty this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. at the point of the bayonet a tale of the Maratha war chapter six in the company's service part two the next morning they started at daybreak when a few miles out of town they took off their uniforms and harry put on the dress of a trader there was no occasion for any disguise for abdul who like all the native troops was accustomed after drill was over for the day to put on native garments the uniforms were then folded up and stowed in the wallets behind the saddles they had brought with them a good supply of grain for their horses and provisions for themselves so that they might not have to stop at any village they rode at a steady pace and mounted the ghats by eleven o'clock then they waited three hours to feed and rest the animals and just as the sun was setting entered Pune, having accomplished a journey of fifty miles knowing the place so well harry rode to a quiet street near the bazaar and seeing an old man at one of the doors asked him if he knew of anyone who could afford accommodation for him and his servant i can do that myself the man said i am alone in the house two merchants who have been staying here left me yesterday and i can let you have all the house except one room for myself you have no stables i suppose no sahib but there is an outhouse which would hold the two horses there was a little haggling over the terms for it would have been altogether contrary to indian usages to have agreed to any price without demur and finally the matter was arranged at a price halfway between that which the man demanded and that offered by harry and in a short time they were settled in the two rooms of the second floor harry then went out and bought two thick quilted cushions used as mattresses and two native blankets they had still provisions enough for the evening the furniture was scanty consisting of a raised bed place or divan two tables raised about a foot from the ground brass basins and large earthenware jars of water harry however was too well accustomed to it to consider such accommodation insufficient tomorrow he said i will get a carpet for sitting upon and you will have to get copper vessels for cooking abdul presently went out and returned with two large bundles of forage for the horses soon afterwards they lay down feeling stiff and tired from their unaccustomed exertions the next morning harry went to the residency he had again painted cast marks on his face which completely changed his appearance telling the guard that he had come from bombay and had a message for colonel palmer he was shown in you bring a message for me the colonel said shortly for he was at the time writing a dispatch yes sir harry answered in marathi i have come to be your assistant well then you are mr lindsay the resident exclaimed dropping his pen and rising to his feet i received a dispatch yesterday saying that you were coming of course i remember you now having seen you on the day i came up here but your dress is altogether different and the expression of your face seems so changed that is the result of my having adopted different cast marks larger than they were before with lines that almost cover my forehead i did not expect you to come in disguise 
the governor thought colonel that i might be of greater service in finding out what was passing in the town and in going elsewhere were i to come up as a native to an officer of the residency all parties would keep their lips sealed i thoroughly agree with you the resident said your disguise differs so much from your former appearance that i do not think any of your acquaintances of those days would be likely to recognize you at present i am supposed to be a trader but i have with me the dress of a peasant or small cultivator which i used when i went into scindia's camp i have also the dress of a brahmin one of the better class which i thought if necessary would enable me to enter the house of nana or other leaders without exciting surprise i also have my uniform with me i am staying at present in the street that faces the market at the house of a man named nehru i myself am baskur i have a soldier's servant with me on whom i can confidently rely and i will send him with a chit when i have any news to give you and you can send me word at what hour i had better call now colonel i am at your orders and if you will indicate to me the nature of the news which you wish me to gain or the person whom you want watched i will do the best i can at present i know nothing of any changes that have taken place since i left here the only event that is publicly known is that while the peshwa has carried out his engagement with scindia and with the rajah of berar he refused to ratify any treatment with the nizam and the consequence is that the latter's general quitted Pune without taking leave of baji rao and returned in great indignation to hyderabad this matter might have been smoothed over if scindia had intervened or if the peshwa had made suitable advances to the nizam but he has not done so there is no doubt that he thoroughly dislikes nana firmnuiz and instead of being grateful to him for having placed him on the throne he would gladly weaken his power at any rate it was nana who formed the confederacy and i know that his greatest wish is to keep it intact and to secure peace to the country moreover matters have been further complicated by the death of holkar he left two sons behind him Kasi and Molhar. Unfortunately, Kasi is next door to an imbecile, while Molhar was a bold and able prince. The brothers quarrelled. Two half brothers took the part of Molhar, who left his brother's camp with a small body of troops, and took up his abode at a village just outside the city, and was, I believe, favoured by Nana, whose interest naturally was to have an active and able prince as ruler of Holkar's dominions scindia who was i suspect delighted at this quarrel in holkar's camp supported kasi and sent a body of troops to arrest molhar who refusing to surrender maintained a desperate defence until he was killed jeswant went to nagpur and Witujee fled to kolapur but they were almost the only adherents of molhar who effected their escape so matters stand at present the fact that the imbecile kasi owes his elevation to scindia will naturally give the latter a predominating influence over him and thus you see the confederacy has gone completely to pieces the nizam is estranged the rajah of berar has gone home to nagpur holkar's power is for the time subservient to scindia and nana fernuiz is therefore deprived of all those who aided to bring him back to power you are well known to nana are you not yes colonel 
he was kind enough to place a good deal of confidence in me then i think you cannot do better than to see him to begin with and gather his views on the matter i myself have heard nothing from him for some time he knows that the company are well disposed towards him but he also knows that they can give him no assistance in a sudden crisis but surely colonel bajee rao who owes everything to him will not desert him my opinion of the peshwa is that he is a man without a spark of good feeling that he has neither conscience nor gratitude and would betray his own brother if he thought that he would obtain any advantage by so doing he is a born schemer and his sole idea of politics is to play off one faction against another i would rather take the word of a man of the lowest class than the oath of bajee rao i am sorry to hear it sir he seemed to me to be a fine fellow with many accomplishments his handsome face and figure and winning manner his manner is part of his stock in trade the colonel said angrily he is a born actor and can deceive for a time even those who are perfectly aware of his unscrupulous character remember one thing mr lindsay that if you're in any difficulty or a tumult breaks out in the city you'd best make your way here at once a trooper of my escort was thrown from his horse and killed the other day and if you attire yourself in his uniform you will pass for one of them whatever happens they are not likely to be touched both parties wish to stand well with me even were it found out that you are an englishman you would be safely sheltered here for i should claim you as my assistant and an officer in our army and declare truthfully that you would only assume this guise in order to ascertain for me the feelings of the populace thank you sir i will certainly come here as soon as any serious trouble begins that evening after rubbing off the caste marks and assuming those of a brahmin and putting on the dress suitable for it padding it largely to give him the appearance of a stout and bulky man he went to nana's house will you tell the minister he said to the doorkeeper that kawar seen a brahmin of the kishitri caste desires to speak to him the man gave the message to one of the attendants who in two or three minutes returned and asked harry to follow him the minister was alone what have you to say to me holy man he inquired and then looking more fixedly at his visitor he exclaimed why it is puntuji you are right nana i am sent here to ascertain if possible what is going on and how things are likely to tend but first i must tell you that i am now here as colonel palmer's assistant i will take you entirely into my confidence nana said until you told me that you were an englishman when you took leave of me two years ago i could not quite understand why it was that i felt i could confide in you more than in the older men around me i esteem the english highly and especially admire them for their honesty and truthfulness you at once impressed me as one possessing such qualities and now that i know you are english i can understand the feeling that you inspired i am glad you have come no doubt your government is well informed as to the state of affairs here i feel the power slipping from my hands without seeing any way by which i can recover my lost ground scindia is solely under the domination of Gottgay, whose daughter he will shortly marry i have of course made it my business to inquire as to the antecedents of this man i find that he has the reputation of being a brutal ruffian 
remarkably alike for his greed and his cruelty a worse adviser scindia could not have holkar was but a poor reed to lean upon for he was as weak in mind as in body but at any rate he was a true friend of mine and now that he has been succeeded by one even more imbecile than himself and who is but a puppet in the hands of scindia to whose troops he owes his ascension his power and his dominions are practically scindia's there can be no doubt whatever that bajee rao is acting secretly with scindia that is to say he is pretending so to act for he is a master of duplicity and even where his own interests are concerned seems to be unable to carry out honestly any agreement that he has made i am an old man mr lindsay and can no longer struggle as i did two years ago against fate nor indeed do i see any means of contending against such powerful enemies the rajah of berar although well disposed towards me could not venture alone to support me against the united power of scindia and holkar backed by that of the peshwa there is but one direction in which i could seek for help namely from the government of bombay but even this were it given would scarcely avail much against the power of my enemies and even were i sure that it could do so i would not call it in my aim through life has been to uphold the power of the peshwa and to lessen that of scindia and holkar and by playing one against the other to avert the horrors of civil war were i to call in the aid of the english i should be acting in contradiction to the principles that i have ever held the arrival of a force of english here would at once unite the whole of the marathas against them as it did when at last they ascended the ghats and believing as i do in their great valor and discipline which has been amply shown by the conduct of scindia's infantry which are mainly officered by europeans it is beyond belief that they can withstand the whole power of the Maratha empire but granting that they might do so what would be the result i should see my country shaken to the centre the capital in the hands of strangers and to what end simply that i an old worn-out man should for a very few years remain in power here it would be necessary for those who placed me there to remain as my guardians and i should be a mere cipher in their hands nothing therefore would persuade me to seek english aid to retain me in power but the english would doubtless act in alliance with the nizam and probably with the rajahs of burrah and kolapur possibly they might do so but what would be the result each of these leaders would in return for his aid bargain for increased territory at the expense of the peshwa and i who believe that i am trusted by the great mass of the people here should become an object of execration at having brought the invaders into our country no mr lindsay my enemies can and i believe will capture me and throw me into prison they will scarcely take my life or to do so would excite a storm of indignation but i always carry poison about with me and if they applied torture as a preliminary to death i have the power of releasing myself from their hands are you established at the residency no sir i am living in disguises of which i have several in the town 
in that way i can better discover what is going on than if i were in uniform as assistant to colonel palmer should there be a tumult in the city or if i find that my disguise has been detected i can make for the residency and either put on my uniform and declare my true character or attire myself as one of the residents escort come here as often as you can nana said i shall always be glad to see you it is a relief to speak to one of whose friendship i feel secure as a brahmin you can pass in and out without suspicion and i will always tell you how matters stand i have not yet spoken nana of my work as your agent in bombay i have sent you reports from time to time but there was nothing in them that could be of any value to you at present the attentions of the authorities of bombay madras and calcutta are centred upon the probability of war with mysore tippoo has continually broken the conditions under which he made peace with us six years ago and it is known that he is preparing for war he has received with honour many frenchmen and is in communication with the french government and believes that he will be supported by an army under general bonaparte and as it is certain that when the war breaks out again it will need the fighting strength of the three towns to make head against the army of mysore as far as i have been able to learn they have given but little attention to the state of affairs in the deccan i have therefore been able to furnish you with no useful information beyond telling you that the sympathies of the governor and the council are wholly with you and that they consider that the fact of your being in power here secures them from any trouble with the marathas therefore sir i have put aside the allowance you have given me considering that i have in no way earned it and have written this order upon the bankers with whom i have placed it authorizing them to pay the money to any one you may depute to receive it and he handed the letter to the nana the latter took it and without opening it tore it up your offer does you honor mr lindsay but it is impossible for me to accept it your information has not been without advantages i have foreseen that the nizam would probably enter into an alliance with your people and that the very large increase that he has made in his battalions under foreign officers was intended to make his alliance more valuable i however have not deemed it necessary to imitate his example and that of scindia by raising a similar force your communications therefore have been of real value and have saved a large outlay here but even had it not been so there can be no question of your returning your pay you undertook certain work and you have to the best of your powers carried it out and it is not because you consider that the information you sent me is not sufficiently valuable that you have in any way failed to carry out your part of the contract i consider it of very great value in the first place because as i have said it relieved me from anxiety as to the nizam's intentions of increasing his army and in the second place it eased my mind by showing that neither scindia nor holkar was intriguing with bombay which knowledge is worth a crore of rupees to me it is the first time sir i have taken part in politics that any one has offered to return money he has received on the ground that he had not sufficiently earned it or indeed upon any other ground whatever your doing so has confirmed my opinion of the honesty of your people and i would that such a feeling were common among my countrymen here 
no negotiations can be carried on no alliance can be formed without a demand for a large sum of money or for an addition of territory all our petty wars are waged not on a question of principle but entirely from greed let us say no more about it i am as of course you have heard a very wealthy man and have so distributed my money among the shroffs of all india that whatever may happen here i shall lose comparatively little and i am glad to know that some very small portion of it goes to the one whom i regard as a genuine friend and who does not draw a tenth part of what many of those around me accept without any consideration given for it thank you sir but at any rate while i am stationed here as assistant resident i cannot continue to receive pay from you i should regard it as a disgraceful action and absolutely incompatible with my duty well so far i will humour you mr lindsay though from what i hear in the carnatic and bengal the british officers civil and military do not hesitate to accept large sums from native princes harry was well aware that this was so and that many british officials had amassed considerable fortunes by gifts from native sources he only replied that is a matter for their own consciences sir they may be rewards for services rendered just as i did not hesitate to accept the sum that you so generously bestowed upon me it is not for me to judge other men but i cannot but think that the custom of officials accepting presents is a bad one where can i find you nana said changing the subject if i should need to communicate with you before you call again harry gave his address your messenger must inquire for bashkur a trader from Ahmedabad who is lodging there he chatted for some time longer with nana and then took his leave and returned to his lodging end of section fourteen